it is show number 100 and we did promise you that we would get someone very special to be our guest on the show and they don't come much more special than the gaffer himself uh, welcome to 98 not out alex stewart no, lovely to be with you. I'm not sure about special for the 100. There's far better people, but I'll do for the time being. No, we're, we're, we're truly honoured and grateful to have you along. So um, you're hot on the heels of uh, a county game uh, at the Oval yesterday, which we were all watching on Sky Sports. Um, great to see a bit of decent cricket and in front of a few hardy fans as well. Yeah, that was the most important thing. Just having people in there. I think we had about 3,500 each day. And it just makes a massive, massive difference. We've sort of played in silence for the last, what is it, 14 months or so. The Bob Willis Trophy and majority of T20 last year. And then the first five games this year. And it just creates an atmosphere, um, which is great. You know, but for the players, it's great that members, supporters are allowed in. It all appeared very COVID safe. Uh, and they saw, there is such a thing, a pretty exciting draw. Um, we, you know, we, we had to be prepared to lose in trying to win. That was around our declaration. We wanted around 70 overs to try and bowl Middlesex out. And to be fair to them, um, Gubbins and Hanscom played very, very well in that little rain break just before, um, when was it? I think we lost five or six overs in the last hour. Meant that, you know, they weren't going to win. And it's whether we could somehow scramble a few wickets. Um, but we didn't. It was a draw, but I thought it was a, you know, a really good draw as well. Obviously, both sides wanted and needed a win. If um, either is going to finish in the top two of, of this um, conference, two as, as, as we are, um, but it wasn't a beat. Listen, the, the weather has played havoc uh, for near enough everyone now. The last three rounds, whereas April was was good and there's some good cricket played. Soon we arrived in May, they've just been rain interrupted, which is really frustrating for everyone. Um, you know, the conference for this year is, is fine. You know big advocate of two divisions, which hopefully that will return to next year. Um, but I think we'll see now with three straight four games to go, um, you'll see more result-orientated pitches, sides having to gamble a little bit more, in, as I said earlier, you know, tr being prepared to lose and trying to win and everything. And then let's see where everyone stands after 10 completed games. I think so far, we've seen... Um some really, really good games of cricket up and down the country, you know, despite the weather and whatever else, people have been really trying to make an effort to uh, get county cricket, you know, front and centre. Well, it's been good, you know, obviously with the IPL being cancelled, county cricket is there for everyone to watch, you know, which is great. The, the live streaming, I think, has been outstanding. I think that's a real good addition um, to our game because, as you say, everyone can now, even they can't actually walk through the gates to get there are able to watch it online. Um, and, and it's good. You know, it shows that our domestic game is in a pretty healthy state. A lot of good players were playing. Some England players were available. Um, and it just creates good, I guess, good chat amongst cricket lovers. We've had enough of COVID, the pandemic and everything else. Uh, and now, at the moment, it's very much centre stage before the international season starts when we take on New Zealand in, what, a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. And Rory Burns looking good, Nick. Yeah, he's good. You know, it's great he got 100 because he's played really well this year. He's almost got better and better each game. Um, you know, and again, there's always going to be critics out there, experts, etc., etc., um, who say, oh, you know, he's got a 50, he's got a 60, he hasn't got a 100, uh, and eventually got a 100. Um, and he's, he's averaging the best part of 50, if not nearer 60 now, 
which for an opening batter at this time of year is outstanding. But now really pleased for him. You know, he's a he's a proper bloke. Um, he obviously, along with everyone, had it tough in India. Um, and now we'll see him walk out with Dom Sibley, assuming he's going to be fit for the first Test match at Lords against New Zealand, which would be great. <laughs> That's it. And um, a word about your overseas uh, player uh, for the early part of the season, Mr. Mr. Roach. Yeah, Kemar's, but he's a legend. You know, I, I didn't know him that well. I'd met him a couple of times before, spoke to him on the phone back in, when was it, November, December? I actually woke him up. It was actually midday in the Caribbean. I still woke him up. So that tells you a little bit how laid back he is. Um, but he has been absolutely outstanding. From the moment he arrived here, um, he's fitted into our dressing room. He's loved it. Early on, you know, we dropped more catches off him, I think, than any other bowler. So his actual stats didn't match up to how well he'd bowled. And then, obviously, destroyed Hampshire um, and then got nine, nine in this game as well. But... No, he's just a fantastic bloke and we, we bade him farewell yesterday after the game in the dressing room. Uh, some nice words were said by some people in there and he, he responded and he's left back, gone back to the Caribbean this morning. Um, very much a Surrey player. And he says he can't wait to get back here. Assuming He said, I'm assuming you're going to invite me back looking straight at me. Um, and I said, look, if it all works out, West Indies itineraries next year and our county system, etc., then he'll be top of our list because um, not only is he bowled well, so he's been brilliant out in the middle, but brilliant in the dressing room as well. It's a pretty special dressing room and pretty special squad you've got as well, isn't it? I mean, the batting lineup should have hundreds of runs in it, thousands of runs in it. Um, yeah, but the bowling unit is pretty good as well. Yeah, we try and put. Well, I try to put, you know, a good squad together, and it is. It's a squad that that brings success, or ideally brings success. That's what. What we're always aiming for. Now, we know we're going to have IPL um, commitments with, say, the Currens and Jason Roy. And moving forward next year, you can probably think in those three and then add in perhaps Reese Topley and Ollie Pope. So we've got to have a strong squad. We're then going to have England call-ups, whether it be test match call-ups, whether it will be white ball call-ups. So though we've got a squad of, what, 28, effectively we only really have, only ever have around 21, 22 available. And that's before injuries as well. Um, but on paper, it's a you know, well-balanced, good squad. Um, we've just got to make sure the 11 then perform. Yeah, and you mentioned England call-ups. Obviously, you've got Ben Folkes keeping. Um, Darren and I have, have mentioned on the show previously about the, the dilemma of do you have a, a, a batsman that keeps or a keeper that bats? You, know, you obviously are well aware of that, that debate. Uh, where do you stand? You've got to be good enough at both. You know, and that's the thing. It's, you know, I get the... Is he a wicketkeeper, batsman, batsman, wicketkeeper? And, and the audience say it is probably more on how well you bat as against how well you keep, I'd suggest. So there's no point picking someone who bats exceptionally well but dresses up as a wicketkeeper and just drops the ball because, you know, it's crucial that, that you can catch a ball. So you've got to get into the side as a good enough keeper. And the flip side is you've got to be a good enough batter as well to match up your keeping. So you are a, a genuine all-rounder. You know, genuine all-rounder to me can play either just as a keeper or just as a batter or just as a bowler or just as a batter. The fact you can do both skills just adds to you. Um, and that's where we're very, very lucky at the minute. You know, there's Josh Butler, Johnny Bairstow, and, and obviously I'm very biased um, towards Ben Folks. Ben Folks is the best keeper. Um, I've said two years ago he's the best in the world and people questioned it, um, saying Surrey yeah. bias and all that. I said, look, I'm taking my Surrey hat off. 
just watch him. And I think in this winter in India, people now understand just how good he is. Um, and he can bat too. You know, he got 100 on test debut. He bats number five for us. Um, and he, he's a proper batter. When he plays for England, he'll bat seven. Uh, and then he'll be wanting to do well against New Zealand. Um, obviously, with Joss Butler becoming available for the series against India. I remember talking to Bruce Welsh um, a few, quite a few years ago now, actually, when I think when Ben was still at Essex. Um, uh, and Bruce was really, really impressed with him. And I think, I think from what I've seen just following Ben's career as he's sort of progressed is he has listened and learned. And, you know, in coming to Surrey, being alongside, obviously, yourself, but then Kumar Sangakara, for example. I mean, there were, there were a lot of people where you, you just couldn't help but improve your game. Uh, and I think you're now seeing the results. Yeah, listen, his work ethic is, is second to none. Uh, I was aware of him from the age of, I think he was 18. Gucci, Graham Gooch, had, had spoken well of him as a batsman. Um, and he was actually being, he's up there, I think he's a fielding 12th man at a test match at Trent Bridge. I was doing some media work with BBC. Anyway, cut a long story short, he was out there batting in the nets early, um, early in the morning before the rest of the players got in and Gucci was there. And I went out just to have a watch. And he said then, you know, look out for this player. He could be something special. That was just his batting. Forget his keep. And obviously Fozzy at Essex, who's as good as he's ever been, um, had the gloves on. Um, and then I watched him, observed him, and then did my very best to bring him to Surrey, which we succeeded in. And he's just gone from strength to strength. Um, he's just going to be, when he gets his opportunity, can he grab it? Because, you know, the names I've mentioned who are also in that England setup. Um, you, you could find a way for all three to play. You could play Bearstow, Butler and, and folks in a test match because the other two um, are exceptional batters as well. Whether that will happen, we'll have to find out. But for folks, I'm so, so pleased for because I've seen him develop. Um, as I say, keeping you just, you can't question, you know, that is top, top class. And now when he gets the opportunity with a bat coming in at seven, if he can show his skill sets, he'll give the, the selector of Chris Silverwood um, a real headache. I think another talent you got there is uh, Amar Verdi, who unfairly gets compared to Monty all the time. But uh, he's now he's someone else that's not been around for a, a few years now. But uh, I think, was it Mushtaq picked him up and uh, spotted him? That, yeah, so exactly. So, so Verdi's oh, been in our setup um, since the age of nine or ten. Um, they then went and worked with Satlane for a period of time and sort of, I won't say bypassed the the age group for a little bit. Anyway, we brought him back in. Um, once he came in the role, I was fully aware of him because he, one, he plays at Sunbury Cricket Club in the Surrey Championship. Um, and he was also at a school or academy college, um, which I had to do something at and he was there. Um, so we invited him up and I'm going to say the rest of his history. He's then showed, we knew he had skill, um, but he had to marry everything up. You know, it's well documented. His fitness was lacking. He's now covered that off. Um, he fields efficiently. Um, and he spins the ball. You know, he's probably the most talented or skillful spinner we have in the country. Um, but he's still working on his consistency. Um, you know, he's only 22. Most spinners will come into their prime sort of late 20s. We've seen Jack Leach, who's in possession, um, who, who now knows his game inside out, whereas Vert is still learning that. He's becoming more and more consistent. It's a little bit like Dominic Bess. You know, another one, Bessie can spin the ball but we saw that he strayed a little bit on line and length um, in the winter. Spin bowling as a youngster is not easy, but Verge is a really exciting prospect. He loves the game. He's almost a student of the game. Um, but his biggest asset is he spins the ball and spins it hard. 
Um, and that's what it is. You don't want to be a slow bowler. You want to be a spinner. And a spinner, you've got to give it a real rip. And then the other um, name that you mentioned before, um, I'm slightly concerned, though, because do you get Don Topley coming down and giving you advice on what to say and do all the time? No, I've written into Reese's contract when I signed him <laughs> that his dad is not allowed um, anywhere within 50 miles of one where our game is and certainly where I am. And it's worked well. <laughs> but no, Choppers, uh, as in uh, Don, I, I, you know, he plays sing-sing cricket at Surrey with me. Um, and, and obviously then went on, went on to Essex. But <laughs> yeah, he just makes me laugh. He's made me laugh from when I was 19. And I'm still laughing with or at him at 58. <laughs> um, but no, we have, we'll have your conversation. But no, it's very much um, about Reese Topley. Um, you know, and he is, again, someone we, we brought in, uh, having been, at, well, obviously Essex, then Hampshire, then Sussex, struggled with injuries, etc. Um, but we was, brought was him in. Was it a gamble? No. Nah, I, I didn't see it as a gamble because of the plans I had for him. And I sat down with him in Rygate. I met him at Rygate in a coffee shop, tea shop, whatever. Um, and I just went through it because obviously he's had a, in the history of injuries. But I sat him down and, and we just discussed, you know, how I saw him, how he saw his career. And that is why, to begin with, it was start playing just white ball cricket. You know, we're not going to try and break you inside two years. I'm looking at this as a 10-year project so that we drip feed him into red ball cricket once he has the confidence that he can put together a string of white ball games, which was the back end of last year, which earns him um, the chance to get picked for with England on this winter, just gone, um, in, in that 50 over and 20 over squad in India. So we brought him back this year. Again, it's white ball predominant, but he's actually played, uh, is it three or four, you'll have to tell me, three or four red ball games already, but it's one on, one off, one on, one off, so that... He could probably play back-to-back, probably, but until he is mentally and physically confident that he can do that, we're not going to push him. Because I want him playing for Surrey, Stroke Kingdom, but Surrey over 10 years and not bring him in too early, get him to play back-to-back games. And by the way, can you just play a third game because we need you? And then his injuries or his back issues come back. And then we're not being fair to him. We're not being fair to ourselves and we lose the potential of a top, top class cricketer. So that's how we're managing him. He's responding to that well um, and grinding confidence game by game. No, we've got a lot of time for Reese. He's a, no, he's a champion. You're lucky that you seem to have a lot of um, sort of happy characters around the club. Uh, you know, even just watching over the weekend, um, looks like a good bunch that are enjoying themselves. Lots of smiles, lots of encouragement, lots of high fives. And it's, uh, it must be a pleasure to, be, to, to oversee all of that. Yeah, these you know we we want talented cricketers, uh, but we also want good characters, good personalities, and listen, they enjoy each other's company. Yeah, don't worry, there's always the odd row, and that's healthy as well because um, they can kiss and make up whenever. Um, but you want good characters within the dressing room, setting good examples. But you want to work in a good environment. You know, if it's a chore coming to work, whatever profession you're in then try and find something else to do. But if you enjoy walking through the gates each morning to be with your work colleagues, then I reckon that gives you a little bit of a lift. So winning obviously breeds more confidence and happiness. When you're losing or not winning, uh, that's when you probably see the true characters. Uh, we've only won the one game. We've played some good cricket and I say the weather um, has interfe- interfered since our good performance against Hampshire. 
early on in the season, we played poor cricket. Um, but the work ethic was still there and the smiles were just about there. Now the smiles are that little bit bigger. And the Oval is looking incredible um, at the moment. This That new uh, section that they've been working on over the winter. I mean, the, I, I first went to the Oval in 1980 to watch England versus the West Indies. Um, and it was wooden benches and the, and the field was massive. Uh, and it was a very, just world away from, from what it is today. It, it looks like Surrey are in really good health. Yeah, it is. I mean, the Oval, or Keir Oval, I should say, shouldn't also get told off, um, <laughs> is there is nothing from when you were there in 1980, there is nothing now that is the same. So even the pavilion, which had a, a middle tier put in uh, probably a dozen years ago or so, uh, you said it was a massive playing area when I first started playing. I signed pro for Surrey in 81. You could run, definitely run four, sometimes run the odd five if you used the whole ground. But they've lost, because of the ground developments, or um, we've probably lost, I reckon, 25% of the playing arena, um, which on one hand is great because you've now got a 26, 28,000 um, capacity, which is so, so important financially. Um, but the size of it is, I won't say unique, but the big playing area is always good, but we've lost a lot of that. But now it's in healthy, you know, in great hands. You know, we're just about to lose our chief exec, Richard Gould, who has been fantastic for 10 years. He's overseen a lot of projects. The new stand you're talking about, one over square, will be completed somewhere around, I think, the end of June, maybe early July. Um, and that's going to add extra seats, extra um, members, facilities, and the corporate and events business, which... For Surrey in London is so, so important. And that's why, you know, we have been very lucky financially. You know, the club has been very successful financially for probably the last six or seven years. The pandemic's hit us harder than most. Um, I think we went from a turnover of 42 million down to 12 and a half million. A profit of four and a half to a loss of just under two in, in the last year because of the pandemic. But I'd like to think we'll bounce back. Um, so, because there's good people overseeing the club, um, good business people as well, while still remembering first and foremost it's a cricket club. Well, I think even down at Webby and I's level, uh, at club level, it's still there's my, my commercial director at Billericay has got a saying that he loves to trot out at any opportunity. We're a small business that tr tries to play a little bit of cricket. I think the rules apply, whatever, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. You know, that, that, that is the thing. And I think to, you should always be a cricket club first. Now, you need the finances, obviously, to make the cricket club run. But if um, Surrey potentially lost sight of that um, around, I don't know, early 2000, sort of 2006, 2010, something around that time, that actually, no, it's all right having a great business. But if you haven't got a cricket club, what what's it there for? Yeah. So... We've returned to that. Richard Thompson as chairman is massive on that, um, that we are a cricket club first. But at the same time, the cricket side of the business, which you know I'm involved in, must, must and does understand the importance of the revenue that's brought in through the corporate and events business. Um, and it's a good mix. We were very lucky, obviously, being in London. Um, you know, 2020 nights, I'm sure you've been there, uh, are as good as, well, probably the best, well, not probably, the best in the country. Um, every county that comes to play loves playing. Chelmsford on a team. No, no, I'll give it that. It's a good atmosphere, but it's about 7,000 as against 27,000. But yeah. the Essex boys love coming coming down to the Oval. Um, and it's great. You know, and that's why 2020 believe in comes to watch the cricket. Well. Chelmsford is top draw. I love going down there. They're very 
one eye, which is great and how it should be. You know, you're playing against Essex. Um, but it's great. You want that type of atmosphere. There's that, you know, my love of football, a bit of a football mentality um, to it. There's enough sort of West Ham fans down there and some Tottenham fans um, who turn up in fifth or sixth, seventh or eighth spot, which is good. Um, <laughs> but o- overall, it's, um, it, it's good. You know, it works really well. Well, you mentioned uh, Richard Gould, um, who's your outgoing CEO. I thought he gave a really excellent interview uh, at the weekend to Athers. Um, uh, and he's, he's going back to his previous uh, role in, in football. So let's talk about football now you brought it up. So uh, I'm sure all of our viewers and listeners will know that you are an avid Chelsea fan. So, um, correct. <laughs> but your favourite player is a QPR player, John Hollins. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I thought, I don't know, I thought you started off at Chelsea. I might be wrong. I know, I'm only messing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't, as you know, that's why I used to wear the number four shirt when I was allowed to choose my number, purely because of him. He used to wear four at Chelsea. I used to have that shirt as a youngster growing up um, and stuck with it. Um, at times, you weren't allowed to choose your shirt. Number. I don't know why you weren't, but you weren't. Um, but whenever you could, yeah, I'd have number four on my back. And what do you think of Chelsea? Um, what are they trying? They're going to win the Champions League? Well, that's the idea. We've won it once before, so we may as well try and win it again. Um, the good thing is that, you know, they're in the Champions League next year anyway. I mean, just lost to Villa. Um, it was brilliant to see Tottenham um, help us out through, beat, through beating Leicester. I'm saying Gareth Bale's just been um, voted Chelsea's player of the year. So, uh, for those two goals at Leicester. But it's, um, no, nah, it, obviously a big Frank Lampard fan. Sport is ruthless. It probably didn't come as a surprise. It would be massive disappointment. He got moved on, but Thomas Tuchel has, has come in um, and he's taken taken a side forward. Can they wrap it up with the Champions League? If they do, you know, top four spot, win the Champions League. Yet they lost to Leicester in the FA Cup. Well, we put that down as a good season, but we'll no more Saturday night. Looks like Frank's off to my club, Palace. That's he's looking that way. Is it? I was hearing it was Eddie Howe, but. Let's see. Let's see. I mean, Roy Hodgson, he's, I won't say a friend, but I know Roy pretty well. He's been a guest of mine at the Oval a few times. He likes his cricket, but what a job he's done at Palace. Absolutely fantastic. And, you know, I was talking about him in our dressing room yesterday. A couple of lads said, do you know him? I said, yeah, lucky enough to, to meet him and know him to an extent. Um, you sort of think Sir Bobby Robson, Sir Alex Ferguson, and then Roy Hodgson. Sort of, you speak about him in, in similar sentences because... He knows the game inside out. You know, you just look at the boys were going through the number of clubs he's managed, both home and abroad. He know if anyone knows anything about football, um, it's him. So listen, you have to move forward. If it's Eddie Howe, it's Frank Lampard. You know, you, you want Palace to be in that Premier League um, where they'll finish. You know, and this is where it is in sport, isn't it? Expectations are you realistically somewhere between eighth and fourteenth being rude? Oh, sorry, being polite. Um, and then if people start getting ahead of themselves that's when issues can kick in always go back to Alan Kirbishley at Charlton when they got rid of him Uh, because he well he got I think he got him as high as six of me or something then they were 15, 16 they offloaded him and it all went downhill so whoever parish and whatever appoint then um, let's hope it's a good appointment but they're big shoes to fill uh, now Roy has gone so, um, talk about expectations. What uh, Surrey got to the T20 Blast final last year, um, got edged out by knots in the end. Um, what, what are, 
do you have targets or what are your expectations for 2021? Nah, listen, every tournament we, we enter, we want to win. You know, but every county will say that. Um, th- this conference, let, let's call it, is tough. Um, are we going to finish in the top two? It's going to be touch and go. You know, I can't hide behind it. The weather, the, losing two games, we have to take full responsibility for. And then the last three games where, say, we played decent cricket, but the weather has won out has made it harder because the other counties, the Gloucesters and Somerset, who playing very good cricket from ball one, have got a big lead. Um, it's still in our hands because we've got to play Gloucester starting Thursday. Then we play Somerset um, in in July when we have those two, the last two rounds, rounds nine and ten. Um, so, yeah, our, our target is to get in the top two. Once you're in the top two, you have a chance of then winning the championship. If you don't, if you're in the second division conference or third division conference you're playing for either seventh down or 18th which it'd be interesting what you guys think I don't think that's that that important um, you want to win every game you play but I think most people are getting quite excited about how the conference has been so far I think we want to review it at the end of the season when there have been a lot of meaningless games you know finishing seventh as I say or 18th does that what the members think well they want to turn up to see a game that, yeah, if you win it, you might move to ninth. If you're in the third division, God forbid, then um, you might finish 15th or something. It's I, I'm a two-division person. But going back to your original question, be competitive, compete in every tournament. Um, and yet silverware is how you're judged. Um, so that's what we're looking at. T20, the conference championship. Uh, and the 50 is going to be really tough for us um, because of the 100. Um Again, we, we'll lose, we've definitely lost 12 players. We could lose 14 um, with the two wild picture allowed from our squad um, who've already been picked up in the 100. So our opportunities of playing our best side um, in the 50 overcome isn't there. So therefore, it gives others an opportunity who may not have played to show what they can do. So it's almost, well, it's, I don't like to use the term a development competition for us because there'll be plenty of counties who've hardly lost a player to the 100, who will be trying to win it. We'll try and win it, don't get me wrong. Um, but we have definitely got one hand tied behind our back, uh, as a couple of other counties will have as well, have lost large numbers to the 100. Are you uh, getting your excuses in first? Or daily, or just facts. Up to you how you wish to do it, whether you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it is, you know, on a serious note. It's, um, we, we'll do our best to win it. You know, I'm not going in negatively. It's just that that's where we are. You know, if, um, our starting eleven. Our very best starting eleven is not available, so take your starting eleven out of any side, including Essex. Um, you'll potentially struggle. You know, we're not going in there thinking we're struggling. We're going in realistic, saying we're going to be giving youngsters a go and um, giving them exposure to um, what will still hopefully be a decent competition. All right, before we wrap up, I'm just going to ask you about um, your amazing career, and probably we need to devote another whole show to talk about. The, the the life and times of Alex Stewart on the field. But just a simple one for you. Who was your toughest opponent uh, and who was your best sidekick in the dressing room, whether it was Surrey or England or wherever? No, the, the, the toughest opponent is a team that would have been Australia. Um, you know, they were the best side in the 90s, early 2000s. So without a shadow of doubt, that's Australia. Individually, Shane Warne, um, from a bowling point of view, he's, he had a hold over, along with McGrath, he almost had a hold over England. 
during the 90s. It wasn't really until 2005 when England decided, right, we're going to put him on the back foot. Uh, and, and it worked. Up till then, he, near enough, well, he did have a hold annoyingly over all of us. Um, so, Warney, uh, Lara, to me, is the best player I played against, the best batsman I played against. You know, Sachin, obviously, fine player. Don't get me wrong, I'm splitting my hairs, but I always just go Lara. Um, I fielded when he got his 375 not out in Antigua. Um, <laughs> but there is a lot of good cricketers. You know, I've said, you know, the Marshall and Akram are the two best quick bowlers. Warren, the best spinner. Lara, the best batter with Sachin. Um, a very, very close second. So it was a, it was a good era, a tough era, uh, but an era I'm, I'm pleased and proud I played in. And your, your best sidekick? Um, sorry, it's going to be, you're probably going to say Thorpey, Butch, because as they played a lot of, of England games together as well as Surrey games. Uh, and Mark, and Mark Rampakash, you know, he's a good, good mate. You know, even when he was at Middlesex, but we played England together, I've always gone on very, very well with him. But in a way, you, you, you get on with people and then there's always your teammates, or work colleagues, teammates, and then your friends as mates as well. Um, and those guys definitely fall into that category. I'm name plenty more. Um, you know, Athers, NASA. Um <laughs> Athers, great bloke, and then there's NASA. Is he, is he really that tight? <laughs> <laughs> he might be listening. <laughs> I love NASA because someone has to. But no, it's, <laughs> no he's, he's a champion, Nass. Um, you know, he's a fine captain. You know, he was a... Te- um, I'd say t- tactically, he was the best captain I played under, Nass. And, he, uh, and we, we made our debuts together in 1990 in the West Indies. Um, obviously carried on playing a little bit longer than me um, but he'd missed a lot of games while I was still playing but he, um, he, listen, he him and the Duncan Fletcher sort of got England up and running um, the central contracts that came in and everything and then your Michael Vaughan's teams and Andrew Strauss's teams and beyond uh, I think we've got a lot to thank Nasser and Duncan Fletcher for Given this is our, our 100th show uh, it would only be right to ask you about um, the, the prestigious group that you're in of scoring 100 in your 100th test. Yeah, listen, it's, it's you know, people talk about your highlights, what's the, the best moment of your career. Um, I always say my test debut, you know, it's something that I dream, dreamt of that as a schoolboy when I probably should have been concentrating in class, which I never did. I was dreaming about playing for England and whatever. Um, but then, as you say, to play 100 test matches is something one can never be taken away from is something that I'm very, very proud of. The fact also Athers made his um, 100th test appearance in the same game as well, shows the longevity of the two of us. And then yeah, to cap it off with 100 and to add it add to the fairy tale, of course, it was the Queen Mother's 100th birthday as well. So it, it was a very proud day. Um, and I always say the ovation I got from that Old Trafford crowd when I got to that 100 will live with me forever. It's, it just went on and on and on. And I'll be honest, after about, I don't know, 40 seconds, 45 seconds, they're still clapping. And I'm now looking around and I've, you know, saluted all four corners of the ground and felt, you know, pretty special. They, they kept clapping and cheering and the cheering got loud. And I started looking around thinking, is a streaker come on or something? Um, <laughs> but it was actually for me. And that's something I'll always be very, very thankful for. I think we could talk all night. And uh, I've got a list of questions here, but I'm not even going to bother now. It's been an absolute pleasure and a real honour to have you join us on our 100th show. 
many, many thanks for coming on and uh, good luck for the season. And um, hopefully we'll catch up with us at the Oval or at uh, Fortress Chelmsford. We look forward to seeing you. No, 100%. Thanks for having me on and congratulations on your own 100. Well batted. <laughs>